from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's podcast episode 252. Did you see what I saw? I'm your host Ryan and welcome back everyone. Uh, yeah, we are doing another Zoom meeting. I uh, wanted to do one before the holidays. We might have some people joining us during the meeting, popping in and out. Uh, we might not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to expect this time. But uh, yeah, after uh, we will be talking, by the way, at one point, we will be talking about The Mandalorian. Uh, so if you did not see the finale, I will warn you ahead of time to stop when we go to start talking about it (laughs) because I guarantee you as much as people say like, Oh, if you don't care about spoilers, you can keep listening. No, you, if you are a star Wars fan, you do not want to be spoiled ahead of time. Trust me on this one. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, but we're going to talk some Christmas stuff. We're going to talk just like new year, the stuff going into the new year. We are going to keep things as positive as possible. I'm sure there'll be some negative things that pop in in there because it is 2020 after all. So <laughs> we'll talk about how we hope the next year won't be like this one and maybe how that could happen, hopefully. Um, maybe plans that we want to do in the new year and everything else. So I think it'll be fun. Uh, but joining me for this uh, expedition into the holidays, uh, we have returning guest, uh, Mr. Kevin Longman, who was with us on our last uh, holiday or last get together. Uh, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. And uh, also joining us, it's been a long time uh, since we've had you on, but uh, we've definitely mentioned your name many times on the show. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Morgantini, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think, gosh. Wasn't I on with you and Robert like 
episode 125 or something Somewhere like around it's, there. it's yeah. it's been it's been so every, a long time ever every 125 episodes you come on <laughs> good <laughs> no, i'll mark my welcome. calendar for next year <laughs> <laughs> no you are welcome to come on anytime you'd like uh always happy to have people on so um and that's one thing i will always mention to people uh, i think i've mentioned it in past episodes recently but i always want to mention it like i am always happy to have people on I am just horrible at remembering to invite people in advance. So, <laughs> so it's, so never take it personally. Never think that, Oh, when you ask, Hey, can I come on a show sometime? Never think that because I haven't had you on the show, it's because I don't want you on. It's actually because I just completely forget and go, Oh shit. I meant to have that person on and they've been asking for a while. So please never take it personally. Um, so yeah, so we've got the holidays coming up. I thought it'd be a good time to get together uh, obviously the name of the episode plays a little bit into the holidays with the whole, did you hear what I heard here song, but also playing into the star Wars episode because did you see what I saw? Uh, it was very exciting. Uh, like I said, we'll get into that. But, uh, first thing I wanted to kind of kick things off, uh, if you guys want to kind of each of you tell just a little bit about yourself. Uh, and then I'm just kind of curious, like, uh, since we're going into the holidays, like, I don't even want to assume that I know what you celebrate. So talk, talk about what you celebrate, maybe how you're going to celebrate it this year, since it's a little different than most years uh, for most people. Uh, and we'll just go into that. Uh, we'll start things off with that. So Kevin, if you want to go ahead and start, start off by introducing yourself and, and what your holiday is going to be looking like this year. Yeah. Uh, my, our holidays for the last 20 years that the wife and I have been together We've always gone to her house for Christmas Eve, and they're uh, Ukrainian, and so they do the meatless dinner. Okay. So, they, but they do do salmon, and they do salmon with all the with pierogies and knowing uh, uh, I can't even pronounce the damn words. I'm I grew up with turkeys and potatoes, and <laughs> the, the North American traditional yeah. meals, and so doing this for the last twenty years has been a real is still a shock to the system. <laughs> but her dad doesn't like salmon. I'm not okay. a big salmon person either. Okay. So she's always bought a stuffed turkey loaf and had that for at least for the two of us to have. Thank goodness. <laughs> the pierogies are out of this world, though. Her pierogies yeah. are amazing. Oh, yeah. So, I, I have a Ukrainian-Austrian background. So, yes, pierogies are a must. So I totally – I I had an aunt who made them from scratch, which I'm sure is yep. what they do as well. And yep. yeah, she made like blueberry ones, potato ones, uh, anything you can imagine that could be shoved into a pierogi. That's yeah. 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 So my wife actually helps out now. She makes some of the pierogies and Nalinchika. I can't remember. Oh, I know uh, what you're beat- talking about. Yeah. And I, I can never pronounce it either. So yeah. yeah. A beatnik. <laughs> some, so she helps out with that now and the kids have grown up with it. So that, that's their tradition. And so this year they're really upset that they don't get a chance to have their traditional Christmas yeah. with Baba, which is upsetting, but they're adapting really, really well with this whole situation. My, both my kids work at a grocery store, so they're well aware of everything that's going on. Yeah. And my, I've mentioned my wife works at the hospital, so yep. that's happening. So yeah. it's like one more year of this or one Christmas and this will be over. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm good for that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, obviously no one would ever want something like this to happen, but I, I think at least most of the people I know, uh, and, and people like yourselves who I talk with, like 
seems like people are trying to do the right thing and trying to be smart and, and realizing, like you said, if we do these things this Christmas, then we, we can, we can go that shit crazy next Christmas. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and do it upright. So, uh, Jonathan, how about you, uh, introduce yourself to everybody. And, uh, I know you have a podcast, so feel free to plug that. We'll let you plug it in at the end as well. And then also, uh, like what are your holidays looking like this year? Um, sure. So I'm Jonathan. I've been on the show before. Um, I actually don't have a podcast anymore. It was oh. just getting, it, it was just getting, I mean, 2020 and just, I'm still catching up trash. on old episodes. So that's no, my that's, problem. That, that's totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it just became, I mean, coordinating a D and D group when there's nothing else going on <laughs> is hard as enough as it is, but just, Trying, you know, the recording and trying to get five adults to sit down for three to four hours at a time with the the process that we were trying to do it was just too much. So we just gotcha. decided to walk away from it. Um, and I am actually no longer working at the funeral home, which okay. is uh, that was a thing that happened this summer. It, again, there, I mean, there was a lot that went into it, but it was just really stressful. And it was like, you know, I don't, I don't need this right now. Yeah. Um, and. I, I am out of the military after 19 years. So I've just, oh, wow. it's been, it's been, it's been a big year of lots of change, change. and yeah. stuff. <laughs> I would say so. so. <laughs> we'll see what, we'll see what next year looks like. But, um, my holidays, I grew up in Southern California. So even after living in Washington state for six years now at this point, again, uh, this, the second go around, I'm still not used to how cold it gets up here. And <laughs> snow was something that you saw on like, you know, Charlie Brown's Christmas. It's not, <laughs> it's not something that, you know, happens here, except it looks like it might actually happen here this, this year. <laughs> right. And it's just like, no. And I mean, I lived in Chicago for five years and I, it was no, <laughs> I, 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 I like the, I like the idea of a white Christmas out there away from right. me, not, not where I live. I don't, or even. I don't need, yeah, I was say, or even the idea, like, like I, I've lived in Ohio my whole life, but like, I like the idea of Christmas. Like, you can have snow on Christmas Eve and up till New Year's, and then it can go away. Like, I just right. line up for that week, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys both suck. I'm the Canadian. I'm, I'm in charge of plow trucks up here. <laughs> oh no, I don't get my wish. I just, <laughs> I get plenty of snow. In fact, we had Browns players that were new to like what you were talking about, Jonathan, where it was like, they, they really just, they had no experience with snow. Like you at least had some, they mm. had no experience with snow and they're like on Twitter going, cause we had a huge blizzard that happened like weeks ago. And like, it was a lot. And uh, they were like, Oh, this is that snow you guys are talking about. And everyone responded back going, uh, no, this is the appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was very much like I re one of my the funny military stories about snow that I tell is I was doing my training way back in 2002 in Demneck, Virginia was my school for the Navy. And then I came home for Christmas for two weeks to California. So the whole time I'm in short, short sleeve shirts, I'm in shorts, I'm in flip flops. That's how I get on the plane back to Virginia. <laughs> Because I didn't look at the weather. So I arrive in Virginia in basically tennis shoes, cargo shorts, and a t-shirt. It's like negative 20 and there's three and a half feet of snow on the ground. And I'm just like, I, I didn't even think. I, what do you, what do you mean the rest of the world doesn't, you know, have the end of December being 75 and sunny? This is right. not okay with me. So having, having to stand outside the airport and wait for a taxi. 
in cargo shorts and I think I might have had a sweatshirt. When wow. I had, there, there was three feet of snow on the ground and like one car every 20 minutes would brave, would brave it. That wow. was, that was an interesting experience. I could imagine. Yeah. I have, so I have my parents just recently moved back up to Ohio. They, uh, just moved back up to Columbus. They lived in the Cleveland area like myself for most of their life. Um, and then they moved down to Florida, uh, and they had been there the last like 10 years. And, then they, they decide they want to be closer to family. You know, they're, they're in their seventies right now. So they're just like, you know, they're both in amazing health, which is great. But they're like, if something ever happens, it's easier for you guys to jump in a car and see us than it is for you to try to arrange a flight and all that type of stuff. And they figured they'd be able to see us more often and everything. Well, then 2020 hit and yeah, <laughs> it's like, still can't see you, mom and dad. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, but it's funny because even though they lived up here their whole life, when they moved back up from Florida, they didn't really prepare for the cold weather. So it's like my mom's texting me going, Hey, where'd you get your boots at? And where'd you get this? <laughs> like, where'd you get your jacket from? <laughs> because your dad needs stuff. <laughs> I'm like, and then this, the blizzard hit, like I said, and they got hit with it too, even though they're farther south. And, uh, they were just like, yeah, we didn't even think about like getting a shovel or anything like that ahead of time. <laughs> I was like, you guys lived up here for like 60 years. <laughs> yeah. so, I, I wouldn't choose Florida though, either. I can't do humidity. So that, yeah, that was one of the, <laughs> one of many reasons why they left there. They lived in a retirement community. And my mom said the funniest thing to me one day. She was just like, just everyone, all of our friends around us, like everyone's just dying. And I go, you live in a retirement community. She goes, I know, but like everyone's old. I got mom. I got news for you. News <laughs> you're old too. You're it's okay, old. but you're old too. Yeah. And she's like, I am, I'm not old. I'm like, mom, you're in your seventies. I'm old. I'm 45. I'm old. Okay. <laughs> I know this because the 20 some year olds that I work with tell me I'm old. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I just, uh, I just posted something to Facebook today and it was a memory from like two years ago. It's like, it's weird to think that 20 or that the year 2000 was 20 years ago. Cause 1980 was also 20 years ago. So right. I'm not sure how that's going yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any to your, yeah, exactly. Anytime someone says, Oh, 20 years ago, I'm like, Oh, the 1980s. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think it's because we all lived through the millennium and that was our seminal event. So that's kind of where our internal clocks always default to. Yeah. And so like we think of, because everyone knows where you were in on the year 2000 and it's just what you do. It's one of the things that you remember. So yeah. when you think 20 years from a major point, your brain just kind of defaults to, Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's an well, excellent point. We all knew where we were too, because we thought the world was going to end because it was right, like, exactly. well, the computers aren't ready for 2000. <laughs> uh, the the realization I was old <laughs> L- listening to, my kids are listening to eighties music and they're singing along to it. And I'm like, wait a minute, start thinking back when I was their age, I was listening to fifties and sixties music. Now they're singing along to eighties music. Like I sang the fifties and sixties, like, Oh my <laughs> God. I'm old. That's awesome. And they're playing with the radio and you're like, Oh, this is a great song. I remember when this, when this song came out and it's like next on oldies one Oh three, you're like, God dang it. <laughs> well, that, that was one of the things too, that my dad said to me, cause like I said, they lived in a retirement community and you would uh, go down to the square and they would have, um, they would play, be playing like fifties and sixties music for them. And my dad said to me, he's like, you know, uh, when you're old enough to move down here, 
they're going to be playing like Bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses. And I was like, number one, dad, props to you for remembering who I listened to. But number two, oh my God, you're totally right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so let's get into some, uh, Christmas memories in general. Like I kind of kept it very generic as far as what I sent out to you guys, like that we'll talk about and everything else. But I'm just kind of curious that there's no rhyme or reason to any of this stuff. There's no form for it or anything like that, but I'm just kind of curious, like what are some, like some of your favorite Christmas memories, whether they're funny, whether they're memorable, whether they're related to the show, like, or not, like, is there certain toys that you remember like waking up and going, Oh my God, I got this. And it was like the most amazing Christmas ever just because of that. So I'm just, I just kind of want to pick your guys brain. Like what, what holiday you can mention as many of them as you want. So <laughs> I don't I, care. I, I was right in the center of the, the you know, the apex, the, the Venn diagram of all the interests as a kid in, in the podcast, the, so the, my parents love to tell the story about going and maxing out two credit cards to get a V a video camcorder for me because I was the, I was the first kid. So I was the golden child. I got everything I wanted, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, there is home video footage of me at about, I want to say, th- probably three years old. I'm a little, you know, two foot nothing, blonde hair. And I rip open this box and I'm like, mommy, it's a mask. And it was, it was Condor. It was Brad and the motorcycle. Oh, wow. And because nice. I was watching, I was watching the show at the time. So sure. I had, you know, uh, I had, I didn't have all of them to my chagrin. I never got Boulder Hill. Yeah. Still to this day, never got <laughs> sold. <this. laughs> but uh, oh yeah, I had I had all the I got all the mask figures, and uh, I very much Christmas. My birthday is the beginning of December, so uh, December is always like the the big gift giving months in sure. in my memory. Um, I got Castle Grayskull one year. Uh, somehow my parents managed to find every one of the Ghostbusters line one year. So like oh, it, was, wow. it was, it was all a thing. So I'm like, you know, I got all the action figures and they had the, that stupid little piece of plastic that came out of the blasters that you could spin that, that yep. made it look like it was, sim- and I got Ecto one, I got the firehouse and I got stay puff. Like I got, they, they tended to go in themes. So I would get, yeah. you know, chunks of things at a time. I, uh, that's how it was for me too. I had, uh, it was always a theme. It was almost like a theme year. So like mm-hmm. you mentioned Castle Grayskull, the one year I got Castle Grayskull with Battle Cat and He-Man and Skeletor and Beastman. Like it was basically whatever was out that year for that toy line that I was interested in that, that was that Christmas. So. Right. And then I remember we had, I grew up in a very small town in California. So one of the things we did have was we had a Santa Claus who drove around and said hi to all the kids like on the street corners and stuff. And it was, it was just a sleigh with fake reindeer attached to a trailer, which was pulled by somebody's truck, but it was the thing that we did. And yeah. he was, he was very sly. Um, I was probably, I, I was very young, but he would always repeat what kids whispered to him because he wanted the parents to be able to hear. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to uh, interrupt your 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 tale of Santa because we had uh, Zartan Santa showing up here. Uh, looks like his his audio is is connecting right now, but oh my god, like amazing! That's not nightmare fuel at all. No, not, no, at, all. not at all. I'm not good with clowns in general. So there he goes. 
Yeah, let's see. He's trying to get his audio connected. So whenever you're finally connected, feel free to jump in. <laughs> so so if you want to go ahead, uh, Jonathan, can, and uh, keep telling the, the Santa oh. Claus. Yeah, so so I was trying to I can't I was trying to sneak one over on mom and dad. I, they had told they had told me that some toy was off limits. I don't remember what the toy was. Um, so I kind of whispered it to Santa Claus. Hey, I want this, and he goes, "Oh, you want this?" But really loudly, and I was like, "Ruining it, Santa! What the hell?" Um, but that was the, that was the year that my brother and I, whatever we had asked for, mom and dad couldn't find or didn't want me to have. So I ended up getting a very nice typewritten note and the Star Wars Nintendo game. Oh wow! And that's awesome. Very much like we could. Sorry, I couldn't. We you know ran out or whatever the excuse was. Here's this, and that game probably took over my life for years, three years. I want to say like <laughs> I, I, it was such a ugh, like remembering my video game days. I needed Game Genie for that thing. Like it was so freaking difficult. Not Turtles difficult, but still like right. not right. simple. Wow! You can't, yeah, you can't tell you're into Star Wars video games at all by looking at your p- picture. No, not, at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, yeah, that that Turtles game was the bane of my existence, uh, as I think it was many other people's. But Chuck loves that game. He says he he to this day he still he's like it's my favorite video game, and I'm like that's just because you knew it was difficult and you beat it. You can't tell me it was a good game. It was a a nightmare game. It was but a nightmare game. It's his it's his crowning achievement. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. he's peaked right exactly <laughs> so so we got you connected by audio there Mr. Zartan haha it's I Zartan once again I fooled you with one of my clever disguises <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> how you doing today sir not too bad oh Ryan Ryan please yeah Sir, Mr. Zartan, that's my father. You can just call me Zartan. Okay, I'll just call you Zartan. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I always wait for the for the person to give me permission to uh, on what to call them properly. So you're very polite. <laughs> I like this the Santa hat though. That goes nice. It is the season, as Absolutely. you know. I have a full array of costumes at my disposal. Absolutely. You even got the little red going on down here to match it. So it's, yeah, I I noticed the little details. The details are what's important. So, well, Cobra isn't paying that much these days. So, you know, (laughs) if you can pick up a shift at the mall, it helps. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we were talking, uh, and Kevin, I hope you don't mind, but I'll I'll turn it over to Zartan next. We were talking Christmas memories, and we're wondering if you had any memories of uh, growing up. Uh, that you'd like to share with the audience, uh, any fond memories that you had? Oh, there was this one year. Me and the Dreadnoughts, we were going to go knock off this orphanage, right? Mm-hmm. Well, old Tor just watched the idea that he's going to go and shift. doesn't check to see if that chimney is lit or not. So he goes climbing down that chimney, gets the end, and there's a right fire blazing. You should have seen him shoot back up to that chimney, start scooting across that snow-covered roof. Oh, if you would have been there, you would have peed yourself. <laughs> One of my greatest Christmas memories ever. 
That's awesome. And uh, at the beginning of the show, we were talking about how we're going to be celebrating Christmas this year because it's uh, it's obviously an unusual year. So how are you planning on celebrating the holidays this year? Well, because we'll be outside and we'll be able to keep spacing, me and the drug. So we'll be going along and singing all the classics like Serpentor's Coming to Town. I saw the Baroness kissing Santa Claus. And of course, everybody's. What was everybody's favorite? It, it cut out there for a second. The red colored arms dealer. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Mr. Uh, Longman, uh, how about you? What are some of your favorite? Uh, Christmas memories you had growing up? Uh, a lot of them actually seem to float around when my grandparents had a place in Yuma, Arizona, actually. Uh, yeah. We got our Atari 2600 when we were down there for Christmas one year. Nice. That was a, ver- that was a special one. Yeah. Uh, and G.I. Joe was a big part. I got my G.I. Joe headquarters that year. Yeah. I got a Mobat with the Canadian sticker up here. And then when I went down to Yuma for Christmas that year, I got one with the U.S. sticker on it. So I had multinational G.I. Joe vehicles. Nice. Uh, yeah, just waking up and a lot of just G.I. Joe was a big focus of mine growing up. And then my brothers were into Masters of the Universe. And we did get a lot of mass stuff as well. We did have Boulder Hill, which we ended up selling. I still have all the toys though. I, st- I still got, I got Rhino up here. I got Jonathan the Condor is actually right my now. favorite as well. <laughs> so I'm hanging out. I'm so angry now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I had, I, and I don't remember if mask was a, uh, like a one Christmas thing or if it was like a birthday thing that was like spread. Cause like birthdays, I would get like one toy or something yeah. like that. For me, like it ended up being, it ended up being like stocking stuffers. Like I remember, oh, okay. um, and the thing is that I can, I, the names escape me, but, um, sly racks, I got sly racks in my stocking oh, yeah. one year, I think. Um, the, but you know, the show didn't last that long, but I remember no. the show I even had because, because, my parents love shopping on a theme for me because it's easy to be able to right? Oh, he's into this. We'll get him something from this. Right. I yep. had the mask mission meteor, which is the first episode on audio cassette. It's a, it's a follow along storybook nice. that you can, that you can listen to. And the voices are all wrong. It's, it's not obvious. <laughs> they did. They didn't just pull the audio from the, from the episode, right? But you can, you, it's, it's, I had that. I had, Oh yeah. I had so much stuff. That's awesome. It was, it, it was my thing for a while. Yeah, well, and uh, I had Slyrax. I didn't have. A, I had a good portion of the early ones. Uh, I will say, you know, especially what them doing uh, with IDW having done the crossover and stuff like that with Mask, where they were trying to do that. I'm really surprised to go back to the Dreadnought situation. I'm really surprised they didn't try to incorporate Slyrax into the Dreadnoughts. Like he seems like he would have been a perfect fit for that group. Um, have you ever had any interactions with with him, Zartan? Well, you know, uh, we did extend some invitation to him. I mean, he already has his bike, so he would have fit right in the group. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and he's got the submarine for the swamp. That would have been perfect. So, I mean. We, we meet at cons all the time. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I, I remember I had that. I had uh, the, um, oh, what was a uh, switchblade, uh, which never made sense to me. It's a helicopter that switches to a plane. So like, the physics doesn't work, but I was a kid. I didn't care. No, <laughs> And I'm like, okay, it flies and then it flies. So, <laughs> but it well, just flies and- faster. My thing was, does it go, if it goes from hovering, if it goes from jet to hover, at some point you're basically stopping so it can transform. So are you yes. like, does he just drop 300 feet and he <laughs> knows he has to get up a certain height and just right. allows the free fall for the, ch- like, that would be scary. Just yeah. saying, but that, that seems like a small design flaw. <laughs> well, if we're going to talk about realism and math, you don't know how long I thought that if you could just open up the doors of your car, you could suddenly start flying. <laughs> totally <laughs> that fair. Is very yes. tr- that is totally a fair point. Yes, a hundred percent. Because I obviously we had cars that could do that. It's like so when I saw Back to the Future, I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought the doors mm-hmm. were going to open up and they were going to take off, and they do, but just in a different way. <laughs> I remember watching the TV show and the the, the unrealistic thing I poo pooed at was like those masks couldn't manifest those kinds of powers. That's dumb. But mean I was totally okay okay with the with the motorcycle turning into a helicopter right. or the you know the R two D two ripoff. That was totally fine. But yeah. for some reason, the masks being able to project things was the part where I was like, nope, that's right. too unrealistic. <laughs> well, and I will say the uh, was it T Bob that was the mm-hmm. that turned yep. into the like that was one of the ones that actually made the most sense to me because I was like, okay, a robot that can turn into a scooter that I could see that, especially how he did it, it was like this little wheel came out and then. <laughs> Basically, R two D two did, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm like, it's yeah that that one I can actually see happen. Um, but yeah, with the switchblade, I remember what I did was because the wings would pop out, they would snap out. So I always used that as a weapon. So like you're flying around, and like if you had to take another jet out or something like that, you just like turn to the side <laughs> and the pop the wings out, and it would cut it and knock it out of the sky. So <laughs> decapitate a few people, you know, do stuff like that. So <laughs> I used to I used to get in trouble. I uh the later on when they went into the the racing season, yeah. I had I had the big semi truck with the launchers that yeah. pulled it down and shot and I got in trouble for, you know, attacking the cats with these giant six inch long pl- orange plastic missiles that could shoot across the room. <laughs> well the rhino, the missile on the rhino, that could kill somebody. That thing yeah. was that thing was sturdy and heavy and it shot like a rocket out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> 80s, 80s toys were a whole realm of, no, this wouldn't work nowadays. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hell, we still had uh, jarts at that time, so we were good. <laughs> yeah. But, well, so one thing I'm curious about, too, like, was there a year, like, my, my family always filmed us. Uh, so we, we have years and years of film, and it was always, my dad had the, you know, the, was it the millimeter Thing they would film us and he had the spotlight and he's like look at the camera and we're like eh, i can't uh so, like thanks for the gift um but what there by having those videos there was definitely a year where it was like it stopped being this magical wonder of a christmas and it because you could see it on camera it was kind of like thanks mom and dad for the gift and instead of being like holy shit this is awesome like so the year for us that that happened was the year we got a Game Boy. Now, we were ecstatic to get the Game Boy and to get the games, and it was amazing. But when you watch the film, it just it doesn't look like Christmas morning, like where everyone's excited and happy and all that type of stuff that you see in all the previous years. We were excited and we were happy and everything else to get what we got and spend time with our family and the tree was all done and everything. But there was just something about that year when you look at the video, you're like, yeah, I think we were growing up at that point. So 
was there a year for you guys that was like, like whether you can remember it based on gifts, like I just did, or like, was there a specific year you remember or something like that? Where it was just like, yeah, I think I'm kind of growing, growing up. Like this is the Christmas that I kind of grew up a little bit. So. I mean, kind of, so I'm, I'm the oldest of four. Uh, my baby sister, the youngest one is thir- is 13 years younger than me. So, but we're staged three, five, three, five. So there was one year and I couldn't tell you what gifts we got that year, but once everybody's kind of in on the secret, you know, we still had gifts from Santa under the tree, but it was very much like, all right, like, I know, thank you, Santa, (laughs) nudge, nudge. But, um, once everybody's in on the joke, there was less like, Oh, and it's more like, all right, we need to find their hiding spot because we could have found out about this stuff six months ago and we didn't. <laughs> so we need to work harder next year is what I'm hearing. And it just became more about trying to one up each other. Like, especially with my brothers, if you watch the video, it stops becoming an, Oh, cool. Or it's, Hey, no, focus on me. Look at me as I'm doing this. And it's just like, it's less about the whole Christmas bit. Yeah. Um, and people are just kind of, you know, lawn mowing through, all the gifts just to get to the end. And then you're like, great. Now I have this cool bunch of stuff, but I don't know everything that I've opened because yeah. I need to go through and actually look at it as opposed to just ripping right. the packaging off everything. Yeah. And there's something to be said for growing up. And yes, there's always something you want, but I don't, you know, that, that first Christmas at three that I remember when I opened my first, you know, mask toy, nothing's ever going to, that's peak, right? Cause you're right. like, so innocent and so like, oh my, this is my whole world right now. Oh my God. Or, uh, when I went through my Star Wars phase and I remember my, you had a phase, you had a phase for Star Wars. I've evidently I've never left that phase. (laughs) The the start, the start of the phase. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I understand now. My, my, (laughs) my parents, my parents went out for some dinner date late at night and left me with a babysitter. They came to pick me up from the babysitter and they put me in the backseat of the car. And as we're driving away, my mom leans over from the passenger side seat and she basically puts that, the, the big X-wing in my lap, the one that held the six inch figures that had the, you know, you pushed R2 and it did all the lights and the sounds and things. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like the greatest thing that ever has been bestowed upon anyone on the planet. And then you kind of grow out of it and you're like, that's great, but. You're sitting in the cockpit of an X-Wing right now. <laughs> it is an X-Wing. I, I was looking up Star Wars Zoom backgrounds because I don't play with Zoom very much. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Squadrons was fun. So sure. There you go. Uh, how about you, Zartan? What, uh, was there a year that was just the, okay, I'm, I'm Chris, this is the Christmas that I kind of grew up a little bit more. Well, uh, growing up in a swamp, we pretty much had sticks and threw rocks at each other. Christmas! <laughs> I guess that would make you grow up a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sticks and not stones a- may break your bones, takes on a whole new meaning there, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all fun and games, Ryan. No, it's not. <laughs> Looks like it sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? A lot of what Jonathan said there when Jesus Santa's uh, signature looks a lot like mom's. <laughs> oh, so yeah, at that point, it's trying to keep it alive for my two brothers who are two, each two years apart. So two years under me and then 
another uh, two. Uh, try to keep it alive for them. And then they figure it out eventually. It's like that it's it's still Christmas and everybody's still together. Yeah. But I found now, especially getting older and having kids, like my kids are 16 and 18 now, but you cut, you uh, want to make it that magical for them at that point. Yeah. So like my big one for the kids is we went, we lived in a townhouse in the same city as the in-laws. And so we went to the in-laws for uh Christmas dinner and I just snuck out the back door one day, went home and turned on all the Christmas lights and put all the presents under the tree and whatnot. And I made a point when we left the house, I told Cameron, make sure all the lights are turned off. Don't leave the Christmas tree on and everything else like that. Okay. 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 And yeah, everything was turned off and we left and I sneak back and I turn everything back on and bring all the presents out and we walk in the door and Cameron, I thought I told you, I did dad. And we walk in there and all the toys and everything all over the place. And so that just brings it back yeah. again. So that was, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to miss those days. Now that I hope, well, I don't want grandchildren yet. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, e- ease it up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually saw, so uh, I love seeing how creative people get with the elf on a shelf stuff. And someone posted today. There's like this person wins elf on the shelf forever. Uh, it was, uh, the elf sitting there with a scissors sitting in his lap and there's pieces of fabric all over in front of it. And then there's the picture of the child sleeping on like the couch and bits of the per- the kid's shirt and his pajamas are cut off of it. And that's the fabric that was on the elf's thing. I was like, when that kid wakes up and finds all these holes on him and then sees the elf sitting there with the scissors <laughs> and the fabric, I was like, that would have blown my mind as a kid. <laughs> I think we have the basis for a new Christmas horror movie, Ryan. <laughs> Look out, Chucky. <laughs> that, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and I don't know if I would ever do Elf on a Shelf with my kids because for that reason, because that's one of those dolls that comes alive at night and kills you. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm sure I would do like uh, Santa Yoda or something like that. So, you know, something along those lines. But um so uh I the last thing I wanted to ask when it comes to Christmas and then we'll get into some good Star Wars talk uh is uh was curious like I have uh, I just recently was fortunate enough to be on Jason Provat's uh, uh fanning the geekdom. Uh he's doing 12 days of Christmas specials. And so he had me on and I talked about uh Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, he's like, you can pick anything. And he told me what some people had already picked and everything else and what some people were going to pick and, and everything. So, um, so I, I chose that since I know a whole ton about Muppets and love them. So, <laughs> so I picked that, but there's a ton of Christmas specials that I absolutely love Christmas movies and things like that for you guys. Uh, is, are there certain movies or specials that you watch every year with like, you have to watch it that every year. So, and you can, again, name as many of them as you want to. So uh, I, I am most curious. I'm going to start with Zartan because I'm most curious for him what Christmas specials or movies he loves to watch the most. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's weird because I don't watch much bro- broadcast TV anymore. And so it actually does lose a little bit of that flavor when you don't have them coming on at the regular 
seasons like you would and you had to make sure you're there and yeah. had the different fanfares like uh, one network would always have the word special that comes spinning in right yeah i i, I haven't seen stuff like that actually in several years because like i said if it's not streaming i'm not watching so you do miss out on some of that and it does miss some of the flavor of the season yeah for sure yeah the and it may be may have been cbs but yeah i know the exact special thing you're talking about where yeah. it, it spun around and and anytime i would hear that i you, like you said you, you magically go back to that time of watching those run for the couch <clears throat> yes yes because it's coming on and it's only that thing only happens for like a second maybe two seconds and this and then boom you're in that special it's it started so um how about for uh for kevin how about for you well those stop action, like Santa Claus, the Burl Lives, and all those kind of things. When you see those on TV, that just tickles a part of your brain that just like, okay, that was exactly, yep. That just brings you right back as a child. Yeah. But sure. nowadays, I have to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation at least once every Christmas because that is my single favorite Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan, how about for you? Oh, I mean, I've got a bunch. Uh, um, the sort of the, you know the classics, right? Like Charlie Brown's Christmas is sort of a thing. Um, I just introduced my girlfriend this year to uh, Emmett Otter. Oh, uh, the, the yes. Jug Band. Love, I actually <laughs> just saw it last year in theaters. Uh, a theater in Columbus was showing it on on big screen, and my sister told me about it again, knowing I'm a big Muppets person, and said, "Do you want to come down here and we'll all go see it?" And her stepkids they had never seen it before so oh yeah to, no like, the, yeah. yeah the emmett otter drug band um home alone um trending christmas uh yeah but it's uh muppets christmas carol's a big one um but all that kind of stuff that, yeah they, they kind of ran that was like a special thing uh grinch who stole christmas right like yeah. you, yes you can buy it on dvd and you can watch it technically anytime but it doesn't have the same feeling as if it's yeah you know, just the month of December at some point when you're watching all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was all that stuff as a kid was definitely, was, was definitely the sort of feel, okay, it's getting closer. It's, you know, yeah. the, the, the building of the anticipation towards the actual holiday. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And all the ones you guys have mentioned are, are ones that are near and dear to me. I watch a ton of Christmas movies and specials and everything else. Like, I love Scrooge. Scrooge, I quote every year on Christmas Eve, I post it on Facebook and <laughs> social media about the last line that he says about like on Christmas Eve, it's the time we're all a little bit nicer to each other. We're the people we always hope we would be. So that, cause to me, that's what Christmas is. And that's what I try to be year round. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm up. It's Christmas Carol. Anything Christmas Carol, I will watch cause it's my favorite story uh, when it comes to Christmas. Um, it's a little darker, so I don't know what that says about me, but, uh, but yeah, I, lo I love that. Uh, my wife and I, yes, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is my number one, Kevin. I, I share that with you. Uh, and then we have to watch A Christmas Story, which on Christmas Day, you can just turn on TBS or whatever it's going to be on. And it doesn't matter where it is at that point. Now, granted, I also grew up in Cleveland area, so. Yes, I have gone to the Christmas Story house. It is amazing. They are adding to it every year. I was there the year they first opened it up, and I have not been there since, and they have done amazing things since then, so I absolutely want to go back and see it. Um, we always watch Elf. That's uh, that's my wife's favorite one, and I absolutely love that. 
I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan. Like I like some stuff that Will Ferrell does, but Elf was like perfect for me. Uh, like I am good with that one. Um, and we just watched today this morning to kind of like have a good Christmassy feeling this morning. Uh, there's a new one that came out last year on Netflix, which was Klaus. Uh, it's an animated one. And if you have not had a chance to see it, I would highly recommend it. Is that based on the comic book? No, uh, the okay. Grant Morrison one. Yeah, I know. I thought the, that's actually why I watched it because I thought maybe it was based on that one. So, uh, no, but it's got, uh, it's definitely in all ages. Like it's good for, for anyone of any age, uh, which I don't know if the Grant Morrison one really is because I'm pretty sure he's on an acid trip for some of it. Uh, but, but I do like that comic. The comic's actually really good. I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, but it's, uh, it's got like Norm MacDonald does a voice and, uh, JK Simmons does the voice of, uh, Klaus himself, which is awesome. Um, there's a lot of pretty big actors that do some voices for it, but if you're looking for something that has that nostalgic feel of the stuff we grew up with, I would highly recommend watching that one because it does, it, definitely has that heartfelt story to it and everything else. And it's very entertaining. Um, the general idea is that it's a postman who is spoiled. His dad's in charge of all uh, postmen and his father's had enough. So he sends him to this town to start a post office and he, he's sent there and he's like, if you can get 6,000 letters in a year, you can come back. Otherwise, you know, you're stuck there. And so he goes to this town and here it's a, a like a Hatfields versus McCoy. This town is grouped of two warring families that have been attacking each other for years. They don't give a crap about the mail. They don't, all they want to do is they have a war bell in the middle of town. When that bell rings, they come battling each other. And through what was initially some selfish acts of his own uh, stuff starts turning around in the town and it ends up turning into an origin of Santa Claus. So uh, it's, I think it's done extremely well. There's some good music to it. Um, and it's a, it's a little emotional at the end. So uh, I would, like I said, highly recommend that one. That is one that now I do add to my, I need to watch it every year. So, all right, you guys uh, ready to talk some Star Wars uh, Mandalorian. Uh, Zartan, have you seen the latest episode? I have not watched season two yet, so if this is where you're going, I think I might just drop out here. Okay, I would highly recommend that. Uh, I'm sorry that you won't be with us for the rest of it because you've been quite entertaining. Loved having you on. Um, But yes, I I said at the very beginning of the episode, if you have not seen season two of Mandalorian or the finale uh, and you are a Star Wars fan in any way, shape, or form, I absolutely say it is a must to not listen to any more of this episode until you have seen that, because as much as people might not mind spoilers, I'm telling you right now, this is a spoiler episode that you don't want to hear. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I have managed to avoid any spoilers, but I see all kinds of fanfare about people arguing about showing or not showing spoilers. So I, my expectation is the world must explode at the end of this thing. I, it's gotta, <laughs> it has to be huge. It is. Fanboys did. Fanboys definitely exploded after this one. Yeah. yeah. In, in the best ways possible. So I will tell you that uh, it is, uh, I have yet to hear one person say that they did not enjoy this last episode and were and did not have their minds blown when they saw it. Now, granted, I'm also setting a very high expectation for you now. So when you do watch it, you'll probably be like, yeah, that wasn't that big. What the hell is Ryan talking about? But just want to throw it out there for you. 
Before I go, I want to leave you just just a little tidbit, just a little taste of the caroling that I mentioned earlier. So if you see us out there, remember, we like 20s. But (laughs) dashing through the swamp, my skier making waves, to the Terror Dome we go, capture Duke on the way. Ho, 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 ho. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Merry Happy Christmas. Year. Say hi to the, all the dreadnoughts in the swamp there for us. I will. Take care. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I know the last time we did the meeting, uh, he popped in, and unfortunately, due to some bad connections, we didn't really get to feel the full effect. I, I'm glad, and I know there was some little bit of glitches tonight as well, but uh, that was priceless. That was- that was way better. Nice to be able to talk to him for change. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be great. And and just just so you guys know, when people are seeing this and watching this, they'll already know. I am going to be trying to get this out, like, ASAP. So I'm going to be trying to get it out at the very latest, like, the 23rd or 24th. So it is available for people for Christmas time. So his his appearance as uh, in his disguise as Santa will be very apropos. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to say very little. I just want to uh, uh, I, I need to get the spoiler part stuff out, and then I will let you guys reflect on your reactions and everything else. Uh, as much as I would love to take care take over the show and be like, "Oh my God, here's everything I thought about that episode." I want I want to hear you guys talk about it. But again, I cannot stress this enough for listeners and viewers. <laughs> If you have have not seen the last episode, I don't, again, I don't care if you're like, I don't mind spoilers. You, you mind spoilers for this (laughs) one. You absolutely mind spoilers for this one. Go away, hit the pause button. You can come back. It works on YouTube and on whatever podcast thing you're listening to. We'll be here. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, I will say what the what was revealed in this episode and and kind of where my mental process was when it happened and then I will let you guys take over and talk about anything you want to talk about in the episode including the big spoiler stuff. So at the end of the episode uh a lot of stuff happened leading up to this so uh there's definitely more more stuff to talk about and I'm not going to talk about the after credits episode uh part of the episode but you guys absolutely can uh you know we, we will get into all of that. Um, but uh, when they're trapped on the, the bridge there and they, they uh, get the alert and the one X-wing, they say, oh, it's an X-wing. And they go, oh, we're saved. And I'm like, one X-wing. Okay, now <laughs> my mind's going, is this who I think it is? But I'm like, this could be a red herring because we've yep. seen X-wings already. So I'm like, yep. this, this right. very well could be a red herring to just throw me the hell off. But I was like, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be a Jedi. Like this is who they've, who Grogu called out to. And then you see the cloak and I'm like, could still be anyone. Then I see the green lightsaber and I go, if these sons of bitches, if this isn't Luke, (laughs) I'm going to be so pissed that they teased me. Then I see the one gloved hand. Yeah, that was it for me. And I'm like, this yeah. is Luke. This is Luke, because if this is not Luke, I will burn this house down right now. <laughs> and then you see the belt, and everything, and you're like, hey, this is Luke. And then it's Luke, and that was amazing. And then and then the second th- big thing for me was then seeing R2 roll out. Ew, yeah. 
and the whole scene with R2 and Grogu reminded me very much of the original meeting of Yoda and R2. Like, yeah. it seemed like that was like a little uh, homage to that and everything else. So, so that's, I just wanted to get out there who shows up in the episode and, uh, and where my thought process was as it was happening. Uh, yes, I, I teared up a bit when I saw Luke. And yes, I teared up when I saw R2, because as I've mentioned many times on the show, R2 is my second favorite Star Wars character. So seeing him again was incredible. So I leave it up to you guys. Do your best to not talk over each other, but feel free to talk about anything and everything, your reactions, whatever you want to talk about when it comes to the episode. And I'll chime in where I I feel need to. So There was one part I could have sworn... When Slave One's flying over top of that, I can't remember which planet it was. They're flying over top of a planet where all the ships are. Yeah. I swear to God, the Falcon is right there. It flies over top of the Falcon. Oh. We actually backed it up, and I, did you see that to my kids? And so we backed it up and went, and they're like, no way. Because even my kids caught it. Oh, wow. So, so it would have been, it's after Return of the Jedi, did Han lose it that early, or is he just happened to be there? But it's where all those ships were parked. I can't remember. I just, I only saw it today. Okay. So it's still fresh in my brain, but I can't remember that part of it. So that was the other thing I thought. That was weird. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to go, and I have to, I have a whole nother, not that I needed a reason to go back and watch it again, but I have a whole nother reason to go back and watch it now. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been reading. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, I was go just going to say. Um, I had been reading and sort of watching a bunch of like, who's it going to be? Right. Yeah. And, like p- people doing polls and things. And Luke was pretty high up there, but I didn't necessarily think it was going to be Luke because I was like, we would have heard people are so good at spoiling things right. now. So someone would have leaked something and no one leaked this like right. at all. And so I was like, okay. And I saw other people saying, maybe it'll be Mace. I was like, that could be interesting. I don't yeah. necessarily know that he's all the way dead, right? So, right. And at this point, it's it, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. They could bring him back and give the flimsiest of excuses, and I'd be like, "All right, that's fine. That that works. You you guys win." Yeah. Um, I saw there was another YouTube video that I was watching where they thought maybe Kyle Katarn was coming back. Like it was a, it would be a good yeah. way to introduce sure. Kyle. Um, and I said, you know that. Sounded plausible at this point. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we have dark troopers, so why not? Right. right. Yep. You could have Quinlan um, Boss show up. You could have, you know, the, the the list goes on and on of who it could have been. And I know when we right. last talked about it, we even said it it could be a Sith that shows up. It could have been. It could. The other one I saw, the one that I was pretty sure right off the bat wasn't, um, was Mara Jade. Mostly because that that wouldn't be a really good spot to introduce her. They they would if if they're going to introduce her, uh, and I actually agree with this other uh, video that I was watching. She needs to be. She's basically the the canon form of what the legends called an inquisitor, right? Or yeah. she, yeah. she the, the, the the she would be an inquisitor now in Disney canon. She was the hand of the emperor in Legends, and if they're going to do a spinoff show with Ahsoka. She could be the, she could be season one Ahsoka's villain. Absolutely. And then then have a change and be like, okay, maybe actually, you know, she could have the whole helmet thing going on and she and Ahsoka get in a lightsaber fight and then Ahsoka like smashes her head into a wall or something. And you see a couple of locks of dark red hair fall out. And again, Star Wars fanboys would absolutely lose their. God yeah. dang minds. You could have, uh, what's his name? Uh, that was Scar, uh, Starkiller, uh, is it Galen or what? I can't remember what his name was. Uh, the character that played in Force Unleashed. 
Right. Could, yeah. Could be could be like the same thing you're talking about. They could use him as a, a villain for uh when you own the whole back catalog, there's a lot of ways it could go. So I didn't necessarily expect Luke because I we hadn't even seen whisperings or whatever. And so then yes, you see the one X Wing and you're like, Okay, I don't trust it yet, because it's just one X Wing. I, I, I'm not going to let myself get excited yet. I'm going right. to, I'm going to tamper that d- disappointment down. Yeah. And then he has his whole rogue one scene through all the dark troopers where he's yeah. just killing things. And you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. I'm, yeah, I'm okay it's like that. Ride. I saw a Skywalker do something just like this. Not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah. And then the, the, you know, open the doors and the, the smoke and he walks in. And yes, I will see, I saw a couple of things online. The CG isn't 100%. Sure. I nope. don't care. I don't nope. either. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't nope. care less. And for me, yes, seeing Luke was great. For me, it's a combination of seeing Return of the Jedi Luke. He's in his Return of the Jedi costume, yeah. but then his damn theme pops up, like the, just the low, slow version of the Luke theme. <laughs> and you're like, you win. Yeah. And the other thing I heard about, which I completely agree with, um, and it's how I felt, and I think it's how we all felt watching this this scene, is this is how we always wanted to see Luke. We wanted to see him kicking ass as a Jedi Knight, taking on everybody, showing that he's actually maybe a bit more powerful than even his father was when he was a Jedi, potentially. Um, but just taking on everything. This is the Luke we wanted to see. And we want to see our heroes be this, these iconic heroes in these amazing fight action scenes just once, just to see it once. And that's it's, what it's, we got. It's just like yeah. when we saw Vader at the end of Rogue One. This is what Vader is. Yes. And then also, that is this why he is, is scared. Is. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Finally, exactly. To your point, this is, we finally got to see why Vader was scary. Because and also why he was irritated at the beginning of new hope because yes. he's just done all this shit and he was pissed. He's like, no, you're lying to me. Five minutes ago, I had to kill a bunch of your people. I know <laughs> right. the plans are on this stupid ship. Right. Well, and that's the thing that I, you know, so many people said like, did we need rogue one? No, we didn't need rogue one, but man, the things that rogue one did for a new hope, because oh, yeah. now when I watch a new hope after watching rogue one, I'm like, yeah, they were on the run. This is urgent now. And to your point, exactly what you're saying, uh, Jonathan, where it's like, yeah, Vader's frustrated. He's pissed off. He knows the planes are on this goddamn ship. <laughs> Watch it go away. Yeah, exactly. No, it was. And then uh, I, if we want to, I turned it off. I did not realize there was a post credit scene uh, until, until I was watching the credits. And then um, I turned it off and was going and doing something else. But subconsciously, right. I'm just kind of going, wow, that was really awesome. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why was Bib Fortuna in the credits? There wasn't anything on Tatooine. And so then I went back. I was like, oh, there's like three and a half minutes left in the episode. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, this tracks. That's completely on par for his character. <laughs> well, and, and the funny thing with that, that was number one, I didn't know if that was. So number one was I, I, I was told ahead of time that there's a post credit scene, but I think I would have watched it, watched anyways, because I was thrown off by the fact that there was no artwork at the end. Mm-hmm. Like we normally see. So I was like, Okay, why? Well, uh, so I started watching the credits, and and like so I even knew there was something afterwards, but I didn't know how much. And I watched that, and I was like, I didn't notice the credits mentioning Bid Fortuna, so I wasn't even sure if that was Bid Fortuna because I was like, didn't he die on the sail barge? But then it makes perfect sense for the character that he would have 
jumped ship the second things started going bad. <laughs> no, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it makes perfect sense that he would be a big gluttonous looking thing. Oh, yeah. no, he's, he, he's a crime lord. So of course he's yeah. going to be that way. So, and of course they're calling him uh, tuna, the hut I hear now. And then there's Boba, the hut now. And you know, but yeah. Right. So. Well, and that's the other thing that I don't, I don't know. It hasn't really been discussed, but so uh, at the end of the post credit scene, Bib Fortuna gets shot. Boba comes over and pulls his body off the throne and then sits down. You have that really cool shot of him kind of sitting back with his arms on the throne while it's very, goes and sits it's very down. King Conan looking. It's very oh, like, it's, yeah. yes. But then it says the book of Boba Fett arriving December, 2021. So I don't know if that is supposed to be, if that is season three of the Mandalorian or if that is, or if he's getting his own Boba Fett spinoff that yeah. they didn't announce because they didn't want it to be a spoiler. Right. And, and I thought the exact same thing. And then I started talking with our buddy, uh, Eric Grubb, who's been on the show before. He was going to be on tonight, but it was, uh, he was getting tired. I think it's his birthday today, too. It is uh, his birthday today, so, actually. Yeah. So happy birthday, Eric. Uh, you are definitely missed on a, uh, when we're talking Star <laughs> Wars, but, uh, him and I were talking and I said, um, you know, it seems like we're going to have a spinoff show. And the more we talked about it, the more he was pointing some things out. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. That it, the Boba Fett book of Boba Fett is supposed to come out in December. That's mm-hmm. also when the next season of Mandalorian is supposed to come out. It doesn't make sense to put out two seasons that have very similar characters at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my thought, and again, like you said, Jonathan, I have no idea if I, I, I'll take two shows. I'm happy to take two. Oh yeah, shows. no, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just curious, right? <laughs> but if it's not my my theory is what it is that yes, we will have a very Boba Fett centric third season, but we will still see uh, Din Djarin in season three, and things will be set up to reunite him by the end of the season with Grogu. Because I don't, you know, there's speculation. Oh, did Kylo Ren kill? Grogu then at the, oh, at the right, Academy. Yeah. and I don't I don't think so I think that uh that I think I think Din Djarin will still be reunited with Grogu by the end of season three and I also predict that Grogu will speak by then the other the thing time, that I the, the sorry the timeline is wrong for uh, Kylo to kill off uh, Grogu right. because it's, it's still like Luke and or Han and Leia would just be getting together still they Kylo right. would still be but Grogu could be at the at the academy oh, for a long period of time, yes. and then Kylo shows up. So yes, I just want to backtrack on one thing with the whole Mary Jade thing. I was actually really hoping for Mary Jade to show up because you can have her working for Grand Admiral Thrawn and have her show up and grab, and that would have been flipping amazing. Then that would have tied in Ahsoka and the new uh, Republic one as well. Yeah. So that would have been oh, a lot of fun. Rangers of the New Republic or whatever. Yeah, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we can talk about those those things too. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like what things you guys are excited about that you saw. Rogue Squadron. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, you're in a you're in a tie, in a X-wing cockpit right now, and you're excited <laughs> about Rogue Squadron. <laughs> Rogue Squadron. I, I don't even care. Like they mentioned, or Patty Jenkins has come out and said, no, it's not going to be tied to the game. I don't care that it's not tied to the. Right. It's going to be Star Wars Top Gun. And right. I'm yep. absolutely okay with that. And the perfect director for it. She has oh, a yes. background for it. I mean, yeah, I was like, when I no, heard I, she was directing, I was like, yep, this, we're good. I, I was watching the Investor Day stuff, and um, I was like, okay, like, these shows sound great. Hayden Christensen coming back as Vader, I'm totally cool with. That's fine. Yep. Let's do it, right? Yep. Let's Let's make him evil. Let's make him figure out, you know, why is he feared? 
Yeah. Um, and with Dave Filoni and John Favreau, it'll be better dialogue. So I feel like it'll be a better show of him as an actor yes. than he got in episode uh, two and three. And then, yeah. yeah, when it said Patty Jenkins, I'm like, okay, that's great. And Rogue Squadron, I'm like, well, that's that's going to be Top Gun. And yes, that's... I'm, <laughs> You know, I'll take all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I don't even care. Like, I I love Star Wars, but I love my love for Star Wars is able to adapt. Like, I'm not one of those that says, you know, oh, no, Legends is the only. It's like, I I grew up with those books. I understand, but Disney bought the IP and I I can move with this. This is fine. So I don't necessarily even need, like, if they introduce Koran Horn, that would be fine, but they don't necessarily need to. They need to, right. Yeah. But they, but they also said that it's going to, uh, punch the the timeline further on which makes me think that it's going to be their version of the things that we, you know the the new jedi order books or what and the stuff yeah. that kind of went farther beyond the timeline in the original legends canon makes me think that this is kind of their entryway to start doing that for their thing because as disney they also want to move on from the skywalker saga yeah so yep. if they if they yep. if they can push things forward that way and create more of a timeline maybe you know we don't need i don't I don't want necessarily a bunch of movies about the Yuuzhan Vong. That, right. No, God, no, no, that, no, it, no. It, 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 But so find something to do like that, but you don't necessarily need to, you know, copy paste from legends. Right. And I, I feel like that's a good way of doing it, especially because they're so focused on streaming. You can get such more, you can get so many more character moments and story moments out of a 10 episode eight-hour miniseries than it's a so two-hour movie. Yeah. Right. It's 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 a much better way to do it. And then to cap it off at the end with a Rogue Squadron movie where you're like, okay, there will be character development, but there's also, hopefully, cross your fingers, going to be a lot of things exploding and, you know, yeehaws and, and shooting people. So I'm cool with that. that well, that's a you, good two-hour movie. You know for a fact that if that movie is successful, they will try to do some type of series off of it, whether it's animated or live action or whatever they can do, they're going to do it. And I honestly think that Rogue Squadron would transition well into a, a series because with the technology that they showed us they can do with Mandalorian, yeah, you have people in cockpits. You just have the digital screens around them and do right. your magic. So, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And you focus on, you do. What, what time period do you want to see this in? Do you want to see this uh, New Hope or Return of the Jedi or, when would, or even after? Oh. I want them to push it. I don't necess- I don't know if I want after like I was rereading um just the the synopsis of the original Timothy Zahn uh Star Wars books, you know, uh yeah. Heir to the Empire books. Yeah. And we haven't really felt I mean, we've kind of felt that in the sequel trilogy, but like for a while there, the New Republic was on its butt. Like Thrawn really screwed them over badly. Yeah. And they yep. were losing so badly in a couple of places that it, 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 the books at least enriched that universe of, okay, some, yes, they, they were in trouble as the rebellion, but now they're the legitimate government and they're still screwing over. So I kind of have, you know, and, and as we get more details, it'll flush out, but I kind of want a sort of like maybe space above and beyond kind of vibe where it's like, we're going to uh-huh. focus on rogue squadron on the home one as they're pushing out, you know, the first order has been defeated, but now they're like the only capital ship in the system. So everything that crops up <laughs> in the system, they have to go deal with. And so that allows you to zip them around and, and able to take on multiple stories while also potentially setting things up for any future big bad 
that yeah. they want to try and start teasing through all their multiple series because just like Marvel, all this stuff is going to be interconnected. So the things that we see in Rogue Squadron may permutate to future Star Wars projects where you're like, oh shit, they weren't a big deal in Rogue Squadron. We thought they were done, but actually they're not quite so done. But if they start introducing characters like the 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 Chiss, introduce them. What what's that guy's name that with Janna, the love interest there? Oh yeah, uh, geez. he becomes he, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but they introduce that that gives them another party to fight against, not just the Empire. They yeah. can have multiple engagements or team ups or whatever you want. So yeah. that's I'm thinking the same thing. Sometime after Return of the Jedi, because you have Moff Gideon now and he's badass. What yeah. other Moffs are out there we don't even know about yet? You got Grand Admiral Thrawn throwing around. So. Yeah, yeah. I can, I would. I have two wishes. One is exactly what you're talking about. Right, like right after Return of the Jedi, because it's like they're forming the New Republic. You know, what is Rogue Squadron's role in that, and what you because they're fa- going to still be facing some big challenges. Because just because oh you beat the second Death Star doesn't mean the Empire is gone. Um, and or I would like to see it between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, like somewhere in between there, where they're it's the the peak of that conflict going on. So my the the one consideration that I have is at this point you can get and I cannot remember his name for the life of me the actor who played Wes Wedge um, Wedge yeah. um, not Dennis Dennis Lawson Dennis yeah. Lawson Thank you He's yeah. getting I mean he spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played Squadrons He shows up in Squadrons and he's like a general yeah. and so he's very and I I feel like if there's too much I would love to see Rogue Squadron like maybe like right post Hoth like when yeah. you're dealing with all that stuff but then there people are going to expect a young wedge and if Correct. you cast wedge there's going to be a problem So if you if you push it out to post Return of the Jedi maybe even post sequel trilogy that way you can have Dennis Lawson do cameos as mm-hmm. General Wedge Antilles, who's not actually sitting in the cockpit every day. True. But he's still got this kind of ragtag, you know, he's, he'll, oh, we're going to reactivate Rogue Squadron. Uh, and he'll roll his eyes and be like, all right, let's go find, you know, the, the most hot shot screw authority types and throw them in x yeah. and, and get them to do what we need to do. Yeah. And then that way you also have character conflict because you're going to have the one who's, you know, the, no, we need to do things this way. And you're going to have the one who's like, no, screw authority. And right. like, well, why did they give you an X-Wing then? Because you're going to have Maverick, you know. Iceman, Slider, <laughs> Goose. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you know, you're going to have the, the B-Wing support squadron that they've always right. got to support when they go in on bombing missions or whatever. Right. But right. I just feel like in, in the realistic sense, as much as I would love to see those stories, a lot of those stories have been told with the X-Wing books. And yeah. I think they mm-hmm. probably want to stay away from that kind of stuff and they also yeah. need to re- realistically think about who do, do they want to do they constantly want sebastian stan to come back as you know a young luke to do rogue squadron stuff? god please you want to i mean yes i want that too but I'm just, or do you for for plot purposes do you push it out right. so that you don't have to be chained to the old rogue squadron right and this could be oh we're reactivating rogue squadron as a legacy squadron like they did amazing stuff and now we feel like they need to be reactivated for the morale of the new Republic because we're getting our butts kicked by warlord Zinge or something, yeah. whoever they decide to introduce. So in rogue squadron, I have the, I have the whole book row of novels and Yasmin Izzard was one of the main baddie. She, one of would, she, she would be, be amazing good. in that yeah. with Patty Jenkins directing it. Yeah. Oh, my God. oh yeah. she would be really good. Actually. Yeah. That she's, would be awesome. <laughs> she's thrown or, um, Admiral Dalla. 
I don't. Uh, oh, yep. she's been introduced in the in the new books. I can't remember, yeah. but yeah. but yeah, no. Isard was she was Thrawn enough. You know the whole you know Imperial Security Bureau stuff. Yeah. Like she knew her stuff, and she was scary. Yeah, and, and having, remember, having having Patty Jenkins directed a strong female villain character, like not just because of Wonder Woman and uh, what's her name in Wonder Woman, Cheetah Cheetara. Oh, Ch- uh, Cheetah, yeah, Cheetah. Uh, yeah, Cheetah's Thundercats, but you're good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a DC guy, unfortunately, but <laughs> but yeah, I think that, that would be amazing. That would, that would, that would totally work. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, t- t- going back to something you mentioned earlier, too, Jonathan. Uh, I don't think this is a shock to anyone that listened to the show for any longer than like an episode. But uh, I'm much like you, where I have fond memories of all the legends stuff and I still have all the books and I have all the comics and I love all that stuff. And I will go back and reread that stuff. It's amazing. I also have all the new stuff that's come out and all of that's been fun and amazing. And I'm in, and I have stuff that I absolutely love and enjoy there. I actually have bookshelves where it's like two bookshelves are all the legend stuff that I have all the novel. I have every freaking novel there was. So I have all the novels that are in chronological order on the bookshelf. So I know when they took place in the timeline. And then I have another bookshelf, which is all the new timeline stuff. And yeah. that's in its chronological order. It was fun to read, but I don't need Darth Cadis. I don't Absolutely. need a second galactic civil war where it's yeah. just Han and Leia's kids beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. I, I love all that stuff and I will read all of it, but I don't need them to make a carbon copy of it. I, like you said, I can adapt to wherever they're going, but I am, thrilled that they will that they are looking back at that stuff to mine it for characters and seeing where yep. those characters fit in this timeline because obviously we've got a new timeline with Thrawn mm-hmm. so he's not the Thrawn that was in the in legend stuff but he still is the Thrawn that was in the legend stuff so the only the only Thrawn stuff i've seen for of the new canon is actually just the reveal i'm still not caught up on rebels okay. but i i even still lost my ever loving shit when you know Lars Mikkelsen voices him and he walks out and it's like, this is Thrawn. Like, oh my right. god, they brought they brought Thrawn, which makes sense. He's like the classic, you know, he was the first major non Empire baddie f- from the books. But still, like the fact that they were like, this is something we want to invest in. And then of course they name drop him in Mandalorian. You're like, so I was just gonna, gonna say, yeah, we're gonna get gonna him live that. action at some point. Oh my god, what is this world that we live in? Right, and to know that he has now survived through all the original trilogy and and stuff to to know, oh crap, he's still around. And yeah, I am so excited for that. Which of course is why I'm excited for the Ahsoka series because it's like not only do I get Ahsoka, who is a character who I despised when she first showed up, and now I absolutely love her um, because she has grown and adapted, and I've grown and adapted with her. Um, but now I get Ahsoka, and now I'm going to get. You're telling me I'm going to get a Thrawn, which Granted, I understand what's going to happen. I'm not fooling myself. I'm not going to see Thrawn until the last episode of that first <laughs> season. Yep. Just to piss me off and make me come back for season two, which I would have came back anyways. But, you know, it's just like we know things like that are going to happen. If I get Thrawn in the first episode, I will lose my shit. But <laughs> Well, then it's just like we've heard that Tamura Morrison is coming back in the Obi-Wan series, but he's not playing Boba Fett, which means... Holy shit! Is he is is he playing Cody? Is Cody gonna have to be the one that goes out to try and hunt down Obi Wan? Because right. it's like, okay, yeah. you, I, I personally am a fan of the Last Jedi. Not many people are. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I, that's you're allowed your opinion. I like the I, I like the I am as well. I, I like, like it as well. So you're in good company. <laughs> okay, it, it could it could have been done better. Sure, but I I like that 
it was an effect enough that they took a step back and they looked at things and they said, if we, we need to focus better on X, Y, Z. And they said, okay, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, show us what you got. And I feel like Star Wars is safe now. Star Wars was on shaky grounds for a while, but I feel like, okay, the way they're doing things, the casting announcements they're doing, the decisions that they're making story-wise, I'm good. I was, I was out of Star Wars for a little bit, mostly just because there was such, you know, internet backlash and people, you know, angry keyboards clacking back and forth. And now it's like, okay, um, I have already pre-ordered all of the High Republic books. I am super hyped about the High Republic stuff. So. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with that because I, uh, I, I'm i super excited about that stuff too because I'm like, oh, good. They are branching out like I've been wanting them to because that's what happened with Legend stuff was they branched out beyond the time period that we were in. So I'm like, okay, great. We're doing that here. Uh, and, and I'm eager to see what they do with it. Um, I'm curious if any of these new shows will play into that um, because, you know, we have the show Acolyte, which right. as far as I know, we don't know much about that. So I'm like, does that play into the High Republic stuff? Um, the only thing I know about Acolyte is it takes place during the High Republic era and it's supposed to be like a mystery thriller. So it's supposed to be yes. like a Tom Clancy-ish style mystery thriller set during the High Republic era, which means we're going to get some <clears throat> cool costumes and we're going to yeah. get some very cool, like yeah. peak Galactic Republic, like very much the, you know, Rome right before the fall sort of yeah. look, how, look how grand everything was. And then we'll be able to see, you know, it'll shoot forward to be like, and that's what the Galactic Senate building looks like now. Right. You know, it falls apart or whatever. Yeah. And that's, well, and that's the thing that uh, I'm excited when it comes to that type of stuff is to kind of see the transitions to see what, what they're doing, how they envision this all to be. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it, I'm glad that they're doing stuff like different genres. Like you were talking about, this is a a mystery thriller, um, droids. I don't know much about what that is, but I'm hoping it's some type of comedy type thing. Like I'm hoping that they're exploring some of these other, I want to see a star Wars horror. Like I want to see some different, because much like they've done with the Marvel stuff, you can do that with star Wars. You can venture into different genres. Hell Mandalorian is a Western. It's just oh, a totally. Western in space. It's a samurai movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a uh, uh, wolf and cub. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it's based off of. They've freely said it's based off of that. So, right. um, but yeah, it's like the music and everything else that lends itself to the, the samurai and the Western and stuff like that. Um, and that was always part of star Wars. Like there was a Western aspect to star Wars. There was a samurai aspect to star Wars. Hell, look at they have lightsabers that they hold with two hands and they have, and they have yeah. a hotshot gunslinger inside yep. a cantina. It's like yeah, no, it's yeah. And then with the High Republic stuff, you can do like an opulent period piece. You can give yeah. everybody the the super fluffy, you know, frilly robes with the big puffy sleeves and all a of the more political maneuvering type stuff. Yeah, right. You can do the political maneuverings of of the, you know the Republic at its height. And then you can do uh, with Rogue Squadron. We're probably going to get like a war film, and it's going to, yeah. but it's going to be for you know, like the the lone aircraft carrier in space against all of yeah. the bad guys, kinds of things. And it's it's very possible. They just need to. The, the, it feels like they're picking and choosing the right stuff. I honestly, I didn't. Uh, the one of the reasons I didn't fully catch up on Rebels was because I thought, oh, it's just a kids show. It's not going to yeah. matter. And yeah. then, of course, you know, that it all matters. <laughs> it's <laughs> all connected. Bit, it's all connected. It's like, I feel like, uh, was it uh, the meme of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. Where he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's well, just... that was one of the other options, too. Someone's like, what if Ezra shows up? 
and saves Grogu at the end. And I was like, yep. oh, I am so not up on my Rebels. That's what I said in the last episode. <laughs> I said it was going to be Ezra. Yep, yep. Which I would have been fine with that, too. Um, that would have been a really holy shit moment for me. But uh, now, let's, let's, to circle back to the Mandalorian finale, uh, <laughs> we went on an awesome <laughs> tangent there. Um <laughs> No, because I wanted to talk about the, the the announcements as well. So, but the the thing that I there was nothing that was going to give me the reaction that I got because it was Luke. Like, there's just as much as I would have loved any of these other people showing up. I I never expected it to be Luke, but there was that one percent of me that's like, well, what if they did Luke? Yeah. And I didn't know how they. And I think it was only one percent because I was like, I don't know how the hell they would do it. And, but right. but it makes sense. It's only Luke because Absolutely. he's the only real Jedi. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. It makes perfect sense that it would be him. But how the hell do you pull it off? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they pulled it off. And like you said, yeah. Jonathan, yes. Did I notice the fact that his lips and his mouth weren't really working all that well together or it barely moved his mouth at the time? Sure. I noticed it. Did I give a shit? No. Nope. It was the most amazing thing in the world. And when I watched it, the fir- I noticed it more the second time because the first time I watched it, I was just more like, holy shit, it's Luke. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I noticed more of the scene of Grogu with R2 the second time I watched it than I did the first time. I think I was so shell-shocked by seeing R2 and seeing Luke that I didn't really notice that there was like this whole moment scene of Grogu with R2 that it was like, it, it was longer than I remembered it being. <laughs> I actually had to play it back because he walks in and he flips the cowl down and Din Djarin goes, are you a Jedi? And I was laughing yeah. so hard. I had like, oh, I, no, he's, they're talking. I got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wouldn't I, know, but I know, like, right. doy. <laughs> right. Well, I was wondering I watched- if Cara Dune should have known who he was. I was wondering about that. Well, and so that was actually mentioned. Um, uh, I watched the reviewer, Jeremy Johns. Uh, he's a movie reviewer and stuff like that. And I, I, uh, he's awesome. He did his review and he said he part of him was hoping he'd come in and be like, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Oh, my and God. I was, I was like, <laughs> that would have been awesome. But he said it also would have been the most cheesy thing in the world. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he did mention, like, if he had done that, would Cara Dune have recognized the name then? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there would have been that playing into it. So, yeah. And then I, again, I'm not fully caught up with Rebels. So <laughs> apparently now there's some kind of plot hole with the Darksaber because Bo Katan can't take the Darksaber. Yes. In yes. order to take the Darksaber, you have to defeat the person who is, who controls it. So that's why she was so hardcore and like, he's mine. I am taking down Gideon. I don't care what happens after him. I need to take him down so she can take control of the Darksaber. But now that Jin took it. Yeah, but in Rebels, I can't remember. I have to go back, but I I think I'm remembering it right. In Rebels, and I don't think it's a big spoiler for you, Jonathan, so apologize. I don't, don't, yeah, no. But basically, Sabine Wren, she gets the Darksaber. And I think if I remember right, because it's been a while since I watched it, I think she yeah. gives it to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan does not defeat her in battle to get it. I don't think. Maybe they do. I can't remember that. But I can't remember. Maybe they do have yeah. a battle and she wins it from her. But that's the thing that people are mentioning as being a plot hole. Like, okay, if, oh. if you have to win it in battle, then how come Sabine was able to give it to Bo-Katan and that wasn't an issue? Maybe because they're, it was willingly done and not opposed or something. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's, I also just, 
I loved the scene earlier in the season when he would, you know, the the big Bo-Katan reveal, and you're like, oh my god, it's Katie Sackhoff. That's yeah. continuity yeah. is great. And then he's like, you're not Mandalorian. And it's like, oh dude, just just stop <laughs> for a second. <laughs> well, and then I love the fact that it was like, okay, there's different factions of Mandalorians, and they follow right. different things, which makes perfect sense because when you're faced with like religions or groups and stuff, there's always different it's... sects of them and everything else. So yeah, um, well, and, and I like to. I liked her response to the whole kind of, oh, I'm, I'm about to incite my whole lineage and you're going to feel like a complete dumbass here in about two seconds. <laughs> well, and I love too, is like, oh, he's one of those <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I, I love that. They, um, I, I also think that plays into him at the end. Yes. I know there was a major connection with him and Grogu and that's why he takes the helmet off. It's a very emotional moment. Like, God, I got choked up, like, oh, he's saying goodbye. And, and he, I'm getting emotional about a puppet with a guy who's probably controlling the puppet. Uh, or he's got someone at his legs that's moving the damn thing. <laughs> but in that moment, that thing is alive, and it's a character, and it's a very emotional moment. And I'm thinking, like, okay, that's why he removes the helmet. But also, has he learned that it's okay for him to remove his helmet? I just yeah, Right. That opens the door big time for the next season where he's a lot more face time for him. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just every time I watch the show now, I'm reminded of that story. Or every time I watch, I see Grogu on screen now, the, how they were originally going to go with a CGI Grogu. And then Werner Herzog, of all people, was like, don't be cowards. Make it a yeah. puppet. Let's do this thing. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I guess on one actor's note, you know, one actor's advice, we're going to spend $35 million to make this puppet the most, you know, widely they seen made, <laughs> image from they, this TV show. They made their money back. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the other reason why I feel like in season three, maybe it, it won't be at the end of season three, maybe it'll even be before that, but there's no way in hell they can't bring Grogu back. That thing no. is a money pit for them. They have to bring him back. So, right. Um, so maybe season three, the Mandalorian refers to Boba mostly, and then, right. it, you know, it'll... Because, yes... I think as a as a storytelling device, you can't you don't want to do the Game of Thrones thing where you you're right. killing characters off so quickly p- people don't get attached, but right. you also don't want to fall into the trap of plot armor where no you know he's got he's got the best guard armor he can't get hurt now. And uh, uh, who's the sharpshooter? The actress that plays the sharpshooter, Min, Min, Min John. Min, Min, yeah. yeah. So uh, I love the fact that she came back. I love the fact that now she's like a major part of this. Story and she's going to be in Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, I love. I loved her in Shield. So Agents of Shield. So she I, is so nice, though. She is such a nice. Oh person. yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. And that's and I've heard that. And I've never had the opportunity to meet her. I'm, I would love to one day, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about her. So yeah. the, I love it when good things happen to good people. So the fact that she's now like a major character and is now like she is part of star Wars. She's not this forgettable character that got killed in season one. She is now a major influence in the star Wars universe. And that's, awesome. she had, she kind of had a weird tie with the, the original trilogy in empire of dreams documentary. She's one of the people that comments and talks about it. Yes. Yes. She's yeah, in yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, I've seen, she was at one of the expos I ran and, her photo op was one of the last ones and people were in line to get autographs for her, but technically the show was over. She said, I am not leaving my booth until every person here gets their autograph. That's awesome. So it took, it took like an hour extra, but 
and the volunteers just made sure no one else got into the line and she got everybody an autograph. And then after all the attendees left the building, she's like, volunteers, thank you so much. And she got a group photo with all the volunteers and all of them individually, including my wife. That's she was wow. so nice. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. That that's fantastic. I love hearing stuff like that. So yeah. um so uh also was anyone even slightly thrown off other than Din Jaren for thinking that that he was really gonna uh Gideon was really gonna let him walk out of there with <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> I was like, dude, come on. He's not gonna let you walk out of there with that thing. <laughs> yeah. Very naive for a bounty hunter in some yeah. ways. <laughs> He was getting his kid back. He was emotional. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Um, and then, uh, you know, you, you get all the dark troopers, which was awesome to see them uh, come into canon now and and just seeing them fight one. I love That was the thing I love that Gideon referenced, too. He's like, you had problems fighting one of these guys. He's like, now they're all coming in. And I was like, shit, I don't know how they're going to get out of here. But my first thought was, dude, you got the Darksaber. Why are you pulling your gun out? <laughs> Pretty sure that thing could cut through them. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, it was it was an incredible episode. I don't know what to expect when it comes to Book of Boba Fett, but uh, whether it's season three or it's a spinoff show, I'm eagerly, I hate the fact that I have to wait a year for it, uh, but I'm eagerly awaiting that. But thank God we're going to have other things happening between now and then. Um, I don't even remember the timelines for everything. What's, does anyone remember what the next thing is that's supposed to come out? Um, Star Wars wise, the 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 High Republic books start dropping the first week of January. I know right. that's the, the they're pushing that big initiative for the books. I don't remember. I think the we're light. waiting. Mandalorian, the season three of the Mandalorian might be the next on screen Star Wars thing. That okay, I didn't know if we were getting like Bad Batch or anything like that before. That, I so. I don't remember. I'd have to look. I don't remember what those timelines yeah. are. Yeah, but I, I know Grub? a lot of where's, stuff. Where's Grub yeah. when you need him? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, I know they've been, you know, Obi-Wan, I'm looking forward to that. I think that series is going to be incredible. Uh, I love, I mean, come on, you got Ewan McGregor coming back to play Obi-Wan, which is what we all wanted. He was the best. He was, uh, and I love the, I love the prequels. I love the sequels. I'm good with all of it. Yes, there's flaws like we talked about. But yes, you, for me, Ewan McGregor was the best thing out of the prequels. So seeing him as obi coming back as Obi-Wan, I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. Um, and I love the fact that he wanted to do it. So, like, he's been wanting to do it for a while. So, like, yeah, yes, please let him. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and then uh, like, I'm trying to remember some of the other things. Like, I have no idea what the Rangers of the New Republic is, but I'm looking forward my, to yeah, checking my, it out. My thought was that's probably the spinoff they want to do with um, Cara sure. Dune yeah. and maybe the, the those other X-Wing pilots that we've seen. Some, gotcha. co- some sort of special forces New Republic thing, because that way you can kind of focus on the political situation, because we've seen the, the whole time that uh, Jaren's been running around, he's been running around like the Outer Rim. He hasn't yep. really been to the the heavily populated area. So with something like the New Republic, you could get those scenes of Coruscant, and you know the oh well, we have a problem over here. Time to go send our yeah. know, hush hush. We can't let people know there's a problem over here, so we're going to send two X wings and a troop transport full of commandos, and that's all we're all you're going to get. Yeah. Um, the, the captain's name though, it's with uh, Filoni and the X wings. He's actually from Calgary, Alberta, here, just south of me. And he does a TV show on CBC called Kim's Convenience Store. And he's a huge cosplayer. 
he would actually show up at the cons in full, like Imperial, the last expo we were at, he was wearing full Imperial garment. And oh, my, wow. my assistant actually recognized him and she had to race over because she loves Kim's, Kim's convenience store. She had to go get a photo op with him. And then we found out that he's a cat, like, I don't know. There's a video of him t- doing an interview talking about this. He's just like, I got my own X-Wing uniform. And they're like, <laughs> well, put it on so we can see what you look like in it. And uh, so if, I don't know if you guys have heard the story or not, but when he went down there, they were doing like a screen testing. They gave him a, a, a helmet to put on. They And he pulls it out of the box and it's an original New Hope helmet. It wasn't oh. Luke, so... It was Biggs. Oh, he wow. saw it and he started crying because he knew whose helmet this was. Yeah. That that's how big of a fan this guy was. And he's just like losing his mind. And Filoni's a fan of Kim's convenience store as well. So it's so cool to see somebody that is a hardcore fan like that all of a sudden living his actual dream like this. Absolutely. <laughs> I th- I think I think uh if I was contacted at all to be like, hey, would you be willing to be an extra in the background for like five seconds. We promise like we promise it'll actually be in the episode. You'll be a stormtrooper, So you won't, you won't see your face, but you'll be in there. I would weep. I would, oh, yeah. I would be there in a heartbeat. They could say you have to pay your own airfare. And I don't care. I'll be there. Yep. Like when do you need me tomorrow? Okay. I'm there. Um, and like, just please put me in the credit. So people know it was me. That's the only thing. It could be the last credit and it could be like, Six point font. That's fine. <laughs> I'll I'll magnify it for everyone to see it. Um, right, exactly. But yeah, I would lose my shit. Um, that's like when I hear when you hear the stories of like Kevin Smith going on the Millennium Falcon when they were doing the new movies and he cried. I'm like, and people are like, oh yeah, Kevin Smith cries at everything. I was like, dude, I would cry. Mm-hmm. I would be weeping <laughs> big time. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm afraid of what I'm going to be like when I finally get to go down to uh, Disney World and go and see the Falcon. Oh. I will lose it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've already warned my girlfriend. I said when all this COVID stuff goes away and yeah. we go to Galaxy's Edge, be prepared to watch me ball my ever loving eyes yeah. out the entire time we're there. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And my and my yeah. wife, God bless her. She's she's someone that because we were originally planning on going down before the whole COVID stuff happened. We were supposed to go down in May, and uh, we were talking about going. You know, we were going to be staying at her parents' house that they had down there and everything, and. Uh, I was telling her like, I, if we're going to be down there, I just need to go to galaxy's edge one day. I was like, I know you're not big on theme parks anymore and stuff like that. But I was like, I just need to go for one day. And she's like, okay, yeah, we can go. And, uh, she was actually trying to figure out ways. Cause I told her, I was like, I would like to either get a lightsaber or a droid. They're very expensive. And I told her how much they were and stuff like that. And she was and my wife, who is the one who is more of the saver between the two of us. She's trying to figure out logistically in her head why it would be okay for me to do both. Like, well, you're not going to be able to be down there as much. We're going to stay at my parents' place, so we won't need a hotel room. So that's going to be a cost that we won't have to worry about. Um, the R2 units like $25,000. No, <laughs> well, not the full-size R2 unit. I'm talking about the little one. Okay. <laughs> The one that's like a hundred bucks to do or something gotcha. like that. I think the, no, I think I, the light, I, yeah, I think the lightsaber is like a hundred and fifty, and then the R two units like a hundred or something like that. And they, I heard they just added um, Cal Kestis from the the Fallen Order game. You can get his oh. lightsaber. You can get his lightsaber now at the lightsaber store. Nice. So 
I'm still going to get Luke's, but it's I'm nice to know Luke's. there are I was going to say, I'm getting Return of the Jedi Luke's, <laughs> and that's the one I'm making. So that's, and that's the same thing with R2. I was like, well, I know you can make your own R2 unit or your own BB unit and stuff like that and make it your own personal thing. I was like, how do I not just make R2-D2? Like, it, right. I need yeah. R2-D2. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so like, like I said, amazingly, she's just like, oh, and then like I said, COVID happened and was like, oh, I guess that's going to have to wait. But like the fact that she was like, figuring out how her husband can spend 250 bucks to get everything he wants to make a dream come true to, because he's visiting star Wars land, which I've already told her I'm not leaving it. Like <laughs> once we enter, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm sleeping under hey the guys, got, or something. So I got a balance here. I got to take off. Here. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, I think this was good. Uh, yeah. so, uh, Yes, uh, looking forward to everything that's coming out. I'm very excited about all the Star Wars stuff. Uh, hope you and all of our listeners have a very Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Uh, hopefully 2021, I know, is going to start off crummy, but hopefully we'll be looking much better. Uh, I think it'll be reverse of 2020. Um, Let's hope. <laughs> yep. Yes, for sure. Start, Do you guys start have of a any- new decade. Exactly. Do you guys have anything you guys want to plug or mention to anyone out there? I'm good. Just happy Merry Christmas, everybody. Stay safe. Yeah, same, same here. Stay safe. You know, 20, hopefully 2021 is better. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, yep, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, people can find us at StarJoes.com. That's where you can find everything. Uh, we're on Stitcher. Uh, we're on uh, we're on Amazon Music now, so you can actually tell your your echo unit. Hey, play star Joe's podcast and then boom, it'll play. And that's, I get it crazy. through Google. Yeah. Google, get through Google. Yep. Um, yeah. The day I was able to say to my echo, like play star Joe's podcast and it came on, I was like, Oh shit. I just lost my mind. So <laughs> it's the little things in life that make me very happy. So um, I wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys in 2021 where I plan on uh, hope my, my goal for 2021. I know we didn't get to talk into too much about what's mm-hmm. coming up. But or what we want to do in the new year. But my hope is that I'll be more consistent about getting episodes out, be more consistent about getting YouTube videos out. That's really my goal is to get more podcasts out and more YouTube reviews out. So um, uh, I figure if I can keep myself to that that goal and just focus on that and not try to expand too much, then uh, then I can maybe actually get that goal accomplished. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, everyone. And with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.